What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows Podcast. It is Tuesday, June 21st. Lucas and Tyler hanging out with you tonight. Tyler, how's it going, man? Hey, I don't know. I don't think anybody is going to realize that me and the good sir Lucas, we just met up for some good old grub a little bit earlier tonight. And not just any... Not just any good old grub. Oh, this was this is fine dining at Raising Cane's. The finest dining you will find in the Woodbury, Minnesota area. Raising Cane's. Nothing beats it. If you think uh, Cane's is overrated, uh, I don't want to tell you to not listen to this podcast, but also uh, you're wrong. That's what I will leave it at. So... Uh, yes, Tyler and I met up not too long before this. Got ourselves a nice meal together uh, to to celebrate Cameron's official break from the podcast. No, I'm I'm joking. <laughs> that, that was mean. That was mean. Cameron, don't listen back to this. Um, <laughs> Cameron is out again this week. He has had quite quite the eventful here trying to uh, get he and his wife situated in a position. They're uh, they're making some big moves later this summer, and uh, life is just kind of happening all at once to them so uh he's unable to join us again uh this uh he will be back next week and we are looking forward to having him back on i still can't get over sorry i'm like observing this i still can't get over the fact i'm wearing a tank top on the podcast right now like i am not <laughs> your like like i listen to i listen to ryan rosilla quite a bit and i always like envision like ryan just in like you know beat up i don't watch any of his his video content but like i used to envision him in like beat up cutoffs and like just pure muscle shirts and i'm like pat mcafee was the one who i brought up before we we started recording i'm just like i I look man i'm a twig i'm a 165 pound piece of piece of beef jerky i'm a slim jim that's what i am i I got nothing on me and here i am it's hot it's hot in minnesota like it is it is uh, prime Minnesota summer weather where it is humid, it is sticky, and it's gross. You get well, you get your hopes up when you see, oh, there's a wind, you know, there's a breeze today. Oh, and it's just blowing damp air all up in your face. Like, I don't want none of that. <laughs> exactly. Until you realize, oh, that's just hot air just in my grill. Okay. Much appreciated. Thanks, Minnesota. It's not yeah, enjoyable. I'll pass. No thanks. You can miss me with that. Well, speaking of hot weather, uh, we got a lot coming up on tonight's episode. Uh, I promise that was a natural segue, not just a, like, speaking of hot weather, here's our podcast. Uh, we have we have Hot Take Ty officially returning. We have our first divisional breakdown of this offseason. Uh, so that means, of course, Hot Take Ty for each division that we do. He always has to have a hot take. So uh, we'll be bringing him back tonight. Uh, we'll go through some news and notes and we will break down the entire AFC North division for you today and our outlooks on each player for fantasy football from here on out for the next, uh, eight weeks. We're going to be bringing on every single week with an additional episode every single week. So, uh, we'll do a division and then a fun episode, sleeper picks, underrated players, overrated players, right? Things of that nature. We're going to bring you one divisional breakdown and one fun episode every single week. So we're looking forward to that. And this is the the beginning of that stretch of episodes that we'll have here. So 
before we get to uh, the division breakdown, though, let us fly through uh, some news and notes quickly. First insert piece of transition. news. Insert transition. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a staple now in the low-budget fellows podcast productions. It has to be. It has to be. has to be. First piece of news. Uh, Rob Gronkowski. I, can't, I feel like I can't say officially. Rob Gronkowski retires from the NFL for a second time. Um, rightfully so. That man is old. His body's getting beat up. He's making all sorts of money on uh, commercials now. He's got, what, the Gronk the Gronk party boat? The party Gronk beach or something like that? He's got, I don't know. He's got all sorts of things going for him right now, moneymakers. So uh, good for him. Go go rest in retirement, Gronk. You, uh, you've, you've served your time in the NFL. Um, yeah. No, good for you, man. Good for you. Deshaun Watson uh, has reached settlements on 20 of the 24 lawsuits filed against him. Uh, we will not speculate on this other than that is what it is. And you can form your own conclusions based on that. Uh, Tyler and I have spent time talking about this, but. Uh, Pull and plenty of time. <laughs> all we should say is the NFL should give him a nice lengthy suspension this year, and we will move on from there. Um, Cam Akers reportedly a hundred percent in mini camp. Is this something or nothing? This is absolutely something. I, th- I, think, I think it is. I. People really want to say like, oh no, he was fully healthy. When he came back in the playoffs, and to that I say, no, no dice, no bueno. That is not true. They needed as much depth as they can at running back, and he was eligible. Doesn't mean that he was fully healthy. Right. And now going into the offseason, a lot of people were saying, "No, this is exactly what he needs. He gets this offseason to recuperate, restrengthen all of it to come back a hundred percent for training camp." So this is to me again. This is something. This is great. Something. This you know qualifies as a spectacular something because as a Cam Akers owner in Dynasty, this is <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I feel like I I think I mentioned this on a previous episode that I just needed a report to come out and say like Cam Akers is the guy. Cam Akers is healthy. Cam Akers like I needed something. Because all I'm going off of is two and a half yards per carry after returning last season, which looked, which was just horrendous. I think I'm willing to give Cam Akers another chance now. I'm, I'm probably going to go through and tweak some uh, projections after this. So, oh, by the way, go uh, buy yourself the fellas draft guide to get all of our projections for the 2022 NFL season. Literally over 200 players from all three of us. So it's over 600 projections. You're going to go, you're, you're going to want to spend $5 on that. So, um, I'm going to go tweak my projections on Cam Akers probably today or probably tomorrow, not today, um, and, and bring him up in my rankings. But, yeah, I think, look, that's good news. That's good news. Uh, I, I I think that eases on some. I still have other concerns, but it's a start. It's a start. We'll see how this offseason progresses. Rashad Penny in the driver's seat to be the primary back in Seattle. Yeah, I guess. Like, I don't expect Ken Walker to just kind of pick up the playbook and know it all perfectly and be the lead guy when Rashad Penny was as good as he was last season. I I don't know. I feel like this is nothing to me. 
I, I feel like the expectations for rookies needs to come back to they are not immediate starters. Justin yeah. Jefferson missed the first two games of his career, right? He did. Because huh. he was bar- he was buried on the depth chart. And Jamar Chase stepped right in, but that was I mean, like generational talents, yes, can start right away. Your Kyle Pitts's of the world, your yeah, Jamar Chase's of the world. But it should really be the norm that rookies are not just immediate starters. Like we have an episode coming out later this week where we're going through sleepers. Yeah. Spoiler alert. And one of my and my deep sleeper is Mr. Damian Williams, who's now the <gasps> running back. You spoiled or, it. You spoiled know, part of the episode. I can't believe I it. I know I did. There's there's more there needs to be more said in that episode. So tune into that one because that'll be a good one. That'll be good. But Currently, right now, Tyler Algier is going about twenty running backs ahead of Damian Williams right now, and That's that crazy. to me is unbelievable. That's the crazy. Fifth round. I mean, he's a fifth round, right? Fifth round, maybe even sixth round rookie. Like, why do people think he's instantly the like number? Or I shouldn't say the number one guy because Cordero Patterson's still there. But like, the norm needs to be no rookies have to earn their way into a starting job. That should yep. be the norm. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Especially when you do have somebody who showed out like Penny. Like, like let's keep the standards low. Not everybody is going to be a, a, a stud like Jamar Chase, like Najee Harris. Like, not all these guys are going to be of that level. So, mm-hmm. I, I think we need to quit expecting it. Austin Hooper, one of Tannehill's preferred targets in training camp right now. Tyler, is this something or nothing? Yeah. <laughs> you're actually pondering i think this is nothing I, this is the same like demarcus robinson or not demarcus robinson who was in patrick mahomes patrick mahomes and mbs have that connection in camp right this is another one of those pieces that's like they're clicking in camp great i don't care <laughs> give well, me give me the actual training camp and preseason games then we can talk right i was i was thinking more so this is something that uh m- uh more so for Traylon Burks than it is oh, anyone else. Okay. Because this is really, I mean, this is really where you need a rookie wide receiver to kind of at least start building chemistry with your quarterback. Yep. And, I mean, we just got done talking about how the expectation for rookie wide receivers shouldn't be that they step in right away. Traylon Burks may be the one exception because they literally have no one else besides him on the outside until yep. Robert Woods gets back from injury. But, like, like I said, it feels like there's something here, an undertone of that, like, Traylon Burks is taking a while to get used to, which is completely normal. Right. That's why Hooper is a preferred target. Yeah. Uh, Burks' training camp has gotten off to a slow start, as been reported since day one. Guess what? It's the norm. <laughs> it's the mm-hmm. norm. Talk, again, talk to me after training camp, after preseason, uh, when we're actually getting into the heated drafts, and I'll have a much better idea then of what I actually think of these pieces of news. James Robinson uh, expected to return during training camp, but this totally contradicts another beat coming out two days earlier saying it's not likely he'll be ready. It's just I, 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 I wanted to share those two pieces of news because it shows how beats could literally mean nothing. They can just contradict each other whenever they want to. 
um, these beat reports that don't put don't put all your eggs into one basket here. Like you have to take all these beats with a grain of salt. It's just something to keep an eye on. We throw out our initial thoughts, but like we're not when we talk about Rashad Penny being in the driver's seat. Notice how I didn't say Rashad Penny top twenty five running back this year. That's not what I'm jumping to. Um, neither of us are jumping to that. We got to pump the brakes just a little bit on some of these beats. So just wanted to share that as like, hey. Just because it's said doesn't mean it's automatically true. It's worth speculating, but we still got a few months until football. So with that, let's transition into our first division breakdown of the offseason, the AFC North. Insert transition. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Well, we uh, we have to start off our uh, division breakdown in, in typical fashion. Hot take tie is back for another year of hot takes. Uh, didn't you go like 500 on your hot takes last year? It was something like actually fairly impressive for hot takes. I'm literally pulling up my hot takes season one, like on my phone right now <laughs> out of all the hot takes I had. And I finished with four W's, five L's and three, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, cause one of my hot takes last year, everyone's going to be like, Oh, this is going to be so bad. James Robinson finishes as a top 20 running back last year. He got hurt. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, and that was that was before the ETN entry that you made that call. Yep. So, so like, I I counted that as a like as a uh, as a null as a does not count right, because right. other factors. Injury. But my overall record four you know four correct five wrong and three. Ah, okay. Oh well. If you're going five hundo on hot takes. Like, that's pretty impressive. Hot takes aren't supposed to hit. Really. So, uh, that's pretty impressive. I give you I give you a major pass there. That's good. That's good. But, I, Ty, we're going into AFC North. What is your hot take for the AFC North? Any player out of the AFC North. One hot take for this season of fantasy football in 2022. Man, right before we started recording... I kind of had to run a couple ideas by Lucas because I was like, I have a lot, but I can't narrow it down. And eventually, we came to Mr. Rashad Bateman, who like is it. now who's now going to be the wide receiver one in this Baltimore Ravens offense. And the hot take for Rashad Bateman this year said he finishes as a top twenty-five wide receiver this year. I love it. It's. I mean, I love it, it. you have his ADP off the top of your head, don't you? His ADP yeah, right now I, is... Wide receiver 38. Uh, he was wide receiver 40 as of last week. So, this is a guy who's slowly creeping up, but at this point has very little traction as a weekly starter in your lineup, which wide receiver 25 will be a weekly starter in your lineup. I mean, it's borderline wide receiver 2, and it's a steady flex. It's a steady flex, right. Uh, and, and on the weeks where uh, your wide receiver two has a poor matchup, you could probably slot Bateman in, according to your hot take. According to your hot take. I like this Correct. hot take. Uh, I currently have Rashad Bateman as a top 25 wide receiver. Uh, I have him as my wide receiver 24. We'll talk about that more in the episode. But uh, I like that. We're starting off We're starting off positive, right? We're not out here saying anybody's going to perform poorly this year. We're starting off saying, Rashad Bateman, have yourself a year. Second year is the most likely your wide receivers break out. Um, your three wide receivers take the biggest leap, but you're out here for wide receivers. So uh, I really like that take. I really like that take. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's uh, let's turn the corner. Let's get into some divisional breakdowns. Uh, we're going to start with the Bengals, and let's maybe start with the most polarizing player on the Bengals, and that is Joe Burrow himself. There has been a lot of debate around Joe Burrow this offseason, currently going as the quarterback six in drafts. Look, I'm the lowest on Burrow. I have him as my quarterback 12, and admittedly, I'm saying this up front, I do have him lower than I would probably like. I think I do need to shift a few things in my rankings to bring Burrow up a little bit. Um, but honestly, like Tyler, you got him at quarterback 9. I don't think I could put him higher than quarterback 9. So what makes him a top 10 quarterback for you? Because I don't, like I said, I, I just said, I don't necessarily disagree that he's there. I probably need to bring him up. Uh, but what makes Burrow crack the top 10 for you? I think it's really just the fact of the offense that he's in. This offense, really, I mean, it starts off with a run, but it really is tailored to Burrow and Jamar Chase. And T. Higgins contributes every now and then, right, because there were games last year where he post, you know, he put up, like, double-digit target games and whatnot. But this offense really is built around Burrow's strengths in, in getting the ball to Jamar Chase. So really, Burrow being a top 10 guy is really just like, you know, I, I, I compare it almost to um, like almost having Matthew Stafford as a top 10 quarterback mm. as well. Sure. It's just it's just because the offense is so, you know, there's volume to spread around. And as the distributor of that volume, you have to consider that like top 10. And as much as it pains me right now, because he's going as the quarterback six right now in drafts. It's a little high for me, but like it's too rich for me by far. Like quarterback nine, quarterback ten is like the sweet spot for me because I I even had him at quarterback thirteen like a couple days ago. Right. And then I kind of looked at I looked back at it and I was like, just knowing that offense, there's no way he finishes outside the top twelve. No, and and that's what I've kind of come back to is I. Look, the Bengals had such, they had a high pass percentage last year. I honestly thought Zach Taylor liked to run the ball more than he did. Uh, Bengals were more pass-heavy than run-heavy last year, which honestly surprised me. So uh, I am openly admitting Burrow at 12 is low for me. I do need to fix that, but um, that will that will come in uh, a few days here. I will be making adjustments to my projections. Again, go buy our draft guide over in our bio on any of our social media. $5. That's it. Uh, look, I always promote hot and ready Caesars. I love love a hot and ready, but go buy yourself a draft guide. You're fine without a hot and ready this week. I've gone without a hot and ready for multiple weeks. I'm trying to think of the last time I had a hot and ready. Now, Ooh, it's been. A I minute. don't think I've had. I don't know if I've had one since I moved to the city. So that's been almost a. Oh, that is that's sad. That's, I need like a moment sad. of silence. Can we take a moment of silence for like me mourning my lack of Caesars in the last year? <laughs> I hate to ruin the silence, but if you want to come over for Thursday for the NBA draft, I'll get some hot and ready's for us, and we can just veg out with the NBA draft. I'm in. All right, deal. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. I'll be over hot and ready. Okay, all right, we're we're back. We're back. Hot and ready. Lucas is back, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Let's we go. won't dive into what hot and ready Lucas means. Um, Joe Mixon. <laughs> Let's just move on. Our transition. <laughs> Joe Mixon. <laughs> Uh, currently my running back eight, Tyler, you're running back nine, Cam's running back eight. Um, I feel like this is the perfect sweet spot for Mixon. Um, cause there are guys who missed significant time last season who I have ranked ahead of Mixon, right? Mixon finished as the running back four last year. Uh, I've got Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Swift, 
all ranked ahead of Mixon. So if he finished at running back four, that already bumps him down four spots of guys who I had ahead of him that finished behind him last year. But I had, again, have projected finishing ahead of him. So that bumps him all the way down to running back eight. Like, I don't, like, and I'm expecting about the exact same volume and, and workload for Mixon this year. I don't see this offense changing very much other than maybe letting Burrow sling it around, sling it around a little bit more. Excuse me. Um, I've heard plenty of people say he's top five. I don't hate it. I just, the problem is I think there's just as much room for Mixon to go down as there is for him to go up. Um, and the big reason is his receiving work, right? He's only seen more than 50 targets in a season once. Once. Um, that's typically not a guy that you find in the top five running backs. Typically, you want guys who are seeing over 300 rushing attempts and uh, and or... Um, you know, at least 50 receptions, right? Jonathan Taylor, over 300 touches. Derrick Henry, um, for Nick Chubb to get there, he's going to have to hit 300 touches because he doesn't get receiving work. Um, more on Nick Chubb later. But guys you see in that top five are usually the top five pass-catching running backs that fall in that range. Um, so you love the you love the rushing work he gets, but man, um, that receiving upside is just capped uh, for whatever reason, for whatever reason. So... Um, I, I again, I feel like eight is the sweet spot for him. If you can get him at running back eight, I feel like that's about the value he's going to return for you this year, and I'd feel confident drafting him there. So, just my two cents on Mixon. I don't know um, any major agreements or disagreements with that. No, I'll give us a little transition because the reason why he's receiving is capped is just because they've got some really, really, really good weapons on the outside. Hundred percent. Let's transition to those two, and let's start with Jamar Chase. Um, my both of our wide receiver threes cam's wide receiver four he has stefan diggs ahead of jamar chase and you were even saying over some raising canes tonight that uh you might even like stefan diggs a little bit better but i don't think we need to sit here and debate jamar chase or stefan diggs that's not the point like we're talking about the afc north here not east um he's a top five fantasy wide receiver this year no question no questions asked uh we'll likely see a sophomore leap from him uh, and if his, since his rookie season was anything like Jefferson's, if his sophomore year is anything like Jefferson's, we're talking 15, 1-5% increase in production this year. Top five fantasy wide receiver. If he did it last year, he can do it again this year. Any disagreements? Can we just move on and leave it at that? Yeah, we can just move on. Perfect. Well, let's move on to T. Higgins then. Um, how much higher I am on T. Higgins than both of you and Cameron? That, that, this kind of shocks me, if I'm being perfectly honest. Uh, I have a, as my wide receiver 11. I have him as a wide receiver 1 in 12-man leagues. Ooh, okay. I have him as a wide receiver 1. Um, you have him at 16. Cameron has him at 15. Here's the thing about T. Higgins. I'm in on him as a wide receiver 1 for fantasy football this year. After he returned from injury last year, weeks 5 to 17, that would have been... He was the wide receiver nine of fantasy while being outside of the top 15 in targets, receptions, and touchdowns. He was still a top 10 run, a top 10 wide receiver, excuse me, even though he was top 15 in those major receiving categories. He was wide receiver five in yards, though. So Burrow loved targeting him downfield, racked up the yards. Um, top 10 wide receiver. Only saw four less targets than Jamar Chase and still had two more receptions than him. So what you're telling me is that I can grab a guy who may not be as efficient with his receptions as Jamar Chase. Um, literally 
eight wide receivers afterwards. If I can get him as my wide receiver two in fantasy leagues, like I'm absolutely thrilled to have T Higgins on my team because I think his upside is a top 10 wide receiver this year. Returning from injury last year, being a top 10 wide receiver, that just that's just icing on the cake. So yeah, give me T Higgins. Uh, wide receiver one this year in fantasy football. I'm I'm all for that. Um, what what keeps him outside of your top fit? Because I just gave you all the reasons why he's he's top ten, top twelve. Excuse me for me. What keeps him outside of the top fifteen for you though? I I'm looking back at you know the the game log that he had from last year. Yep. And it's pretty modest, right? It's a lot of teens. It's a lot. I mean, 15, 16, 10, 13, 13. Then there was a 23, 28, even a 43 point game. Yep. Um, but the lowest weeks, I mean, he missed two games, seven points, three points, four points, nine points. And then he missed the last week because they sat the starters. Yep. I was, I was going to say, I get a lot of Tyler Lockett vibes with T Higgins. But, Ooh, interesting. But looking back now at the game log and seeing like, no, he did he did push like double digit points majority of the weeks. Yep. Um, it it again it it's just Tyler Lockett vibes and and there's nothing wrong with Tyler Lockett at all. I mean, there was legitimate wide receiver two hype for Lockett for the past couple of years with Russ with Russell Wilson in Seattle. Um. I just think you have to kind of be aware that there will be games where T Higgins does take a backseat. And if you're willing to accept those in the hopes of the big 43 point games or the 20 point games, then there's really no reason for you to not put him inside your top 12 or at least your top 15. Right. And I think that is that, that I, that I omitted from my T Higgins kind of, my, my pro T Higgins argument is look, he did have a massive 45 point week. That's going to skew your numbers. No matter what, that is an outlier to what we would normally get from T Higgins. So, uh, look, he's a third year wide receiver though. I think we could see T Higgins take a little bit, uh, of another leap forward. Um, and I say a little bit because Jamar chase likely won't have as big of a sophomore leap as he could potentially have because T Higgins is in the middle of his third or he's going to be going into his third year. So they're both going to cap each other. But I think Joe Burrow can totally sustain two top 12 wide receivers this year. I think he, I mean, top, two top 15 at the very least. Um, uh, two top 20, maybe, I should say, considering you have him outside of your top 15. But uh, I think we both, as a wide receiver too this year, we're thrilled with that. We're mm-hmm. thrilled with that. Uh, I just want to clip some honorable mentions here before we move on. Uh, Tyler Boyd, we didn't forget about you. Um, I like him as a late round flyer, uh, not like late round flyer, but like a late round depth piece. Um, he's consistent, right? Consistent reps out of the slot, um, gets decent volume. Uh, so I, I like Tyler Boyd in the later rounds. Uh, and then Hayden Hurst as well. CJ Uzama was relevant a few games a year last year. I don't think Hayden Hurst is worth rostering, but um, just a guy, uh, if you need a flyer one week, uh, Hayden Hurst is a guy to keep an eye on. He's now the starting tight end there in Cincy. Uh, any other thoughts you want to add on those two? No, you said it. I, I think the one person was Hayden Hurst because everyone's going to be like, oh, he's, I mean, he's the lead, he's in tight end one in this Bengals offense. He should produce. And yes, Hayden Hurst is no CJ Uzoma, and CJ Uzoma is no Hayden Hurst. 
Right. But there is a lot of mouths to feed with Mixon, and for whatever reason, they like to use Pirine in the weirdest situations. So it's just a lot of mouths to go around. Do not bank on Hurst being your top tight end. No. But if you, you know, you're, let's say you got a uh, Travis Kelsey, Kyle Pitts, someone like that that's on by, and you're like, Hayden Hurst doesn't sound bad. I wouldn't bat an eye at it. Yeah, uh, I think he is one of those guys that you bring him in for a filler week, and that's probably about all you use him for this year. So, uh, but again, I, I, I going back to Tyler Boyd, I, I do like him as like my fifth wide receiver on the team. He's going outside of the top fifty wide receivers. I love that. He, he gets the volume; it's consistent volume. I, I like Tyler Boyd later on. So, uh, let's move on to the Browns, though. Uh, we got quite a few players to discuss here. Um, let's start with. Uh, these of running backs and let's start with Nick Chubb at first and mostly because I just kind of want to get this one out of the way because I know that people aren't going to like the rankings that I'm about to read them for where we have Nick Chubb ranked I have Nick Chubb as my running back 14 Tyler has hit Nick Chubb as his running back 14 Cameron has Nick Chubb as his running back 13 you can come for our heads, and we'll defend ourselves to the death of this. Here, Because here's the thing on Nick Chubb, okay? I'm, I'm just going to kind of give my pro-Nick Chubb argument, or not pro-Nick Chubb, my anti-Nick Chubb argument. Excuse me, I will not. I don't have a pro-Nick Chubb argument. Um, I'll kind of give my anti-Nick Chubb argument, and I'll kind of get your two cents afterwards. That sound good? Yeah, yeah. Here's I have Nick Chubb statted out. 272 attempts, 1,400 yards, 11 touchdowns on the ground. That's without receiving work, but his receiving work is marginal. I think I have him getting... I think that's an insanely good line, okay? Considering in two full seasons with Kareem Hunt, Chubb's 17-game pace for rushing attempts uh, in 2020 and 2021, 269 and 276 last year, okay? And... and Kareem Hunt missed time last year. Like, let's not forget that. Kareem Hunt wasn't healthy for the full season last year either. Here's my big problem with Nick Chubb. He's only hit more than rush eight rushing touchdowns once in a season. And even when he had the backfield mostly to himself in 2019, 298 attempts that season, only eight rushing touchdowns, okay? So I feel like 11 is perfectly generous. He had 12 in, 29, or in 2020, excuse me. I feel like 11 is perfectly generous, if I'm being perfectly honest. I think 10's probably more reasonable. I gave him the benefit of the doubt, and I bumped him up to 11. His receiving side, his receiving upside is just is, is, is awful. He's only seen more than 30 targets once in a season. Kareem Hunt takes all of that receiving work, okay? Nick Chubb doesn't get any of that. So you and I might be slightly, maybe slightly low on Nick Chubb. Maybe we should have him closer to 10 than we do 15. But I, I'll i be honest. I don't think there's many scenarios in which I find Nick Chubb climbing into my top 10 running backs. Like, I just don't, I don't see that happening at all for me. Uh, standard leagues, he's absolutely oh, stan- a top. T- standard leagues, he pushes top five for me. Yeah, absolutely, but I, I'm i not going to be as critical as some other people that we uh, have this podcast with. Uh, <laughs> am, Rin. Um, yeah. oh, <clears throat> but, like, if you want to have fun with fantasy football, you play PPR. You play PPR. 
You play PPR. The 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 movement has gone to PP play standard anymore. It took me a while to get there, but uh, I finally did it. This was a few, quite a few years ago, but anyways, it's just more fun. That's all. It's more fun. It's more fun. Anything you want to add on Nick Chubb? I feel like those were like the big things, and that's why I just personally don't want many shares of Nick Chubb this year. I think I can just summarize both the running backs right now. Cream yeah. Hunt is steady, reliable in PPR because of his receiving work, which takes away from Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, therefore, takes away carries from Kareem Hunt. They can both coexist. They can both be top 25 running backs because they both have the talent to. End of story. Yes, end of story. They're both, they're a great NFL running back tandem. Like, NFL-wise, they're incredible together. They fit perfectly together. Uh, But then Kareem Hunt and Fantasy... Right, like Tyler, you just said you have you have Cream Hunt as a top twenty-five running back, and is that just mostly because his PPR upside? Yeah, because I've got him. I mean, his rushing stats. I got him for one sixty-six, seven twenty-two, and five touchdowns. So nothing super, you know, outrageous or super, you know, gotta have it when it comes to rushing. Right. But his receiving work, I have him getting sixty-eight targets. Like he yeah. he gets he gets receiving work. Yeah. He gets receiving work. Uh, when healthy, he's never been lower than running back 15 in fantasy. That's, that's all I need to say, right? So I like I have Kareem Hunt statted as my running back 29. You better believe I'm going to go change that. Uh, I was shocked when I saw that come back. I need to go. I need to make some changes to bring Kareem Hunt up in my rankings a little bit because uh, I am pro Kareem Hunt. I think he's one of the best value in fantasy drafts right now. Uh, getting him nearly like borderline top 30. And he could definitely produce top 15, top 20 numbers this year, for sure. So I'm with you there. Let's move on to the pass catchers now in Cleveland. Uh, and maybe the, the, the biggest name and acquisition they made this offseason, not named Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper. Um, we need to, we're going to have to unpack this one a little bit. Um, because people are going to, again, scream, what in the world? Like, we just don't know how to project Cleveland Browns, I guess. And that's just the downfall of this podcast. Um, but I would strongly disagree with those people. Uh, I have Amari Cooper as my wide receiver 33. You have him as your wide receiver 34. Cameron has him as his wide receiver 29. We're all, like, Man. wide receiver 30 or worse. We're all avoiding Amari Cooper this year. Is this just – so? so I'm just going to ask this. Is this just a product of Deshaun Watson missing time? We're oh, projecting absolutely. him to miss time. That's oh, what I should say. I, I think I, I have him projected to miss the entire season. I do as well. I do as well. I am projecting to miss the entire 2022 NFL season. So I have Jacoby Brissett throwing the ball. I think I asked this in our recent episodes. You know how many uh, top 20 wide receivers Jacoby Brissett has supported? Uh, and do you know who they are, what their names are? <laughs> you can't even come up with names. Haven't been any, um, and that's just unfortunately what Amari Cooper walked into this year. So, uh, do we need to break down Amari much more than that? If you, okay, let, let's say let's do this. Let's at least do our due diligence on if Deshaun Watson plays this year. If Deshaun Watson plays this year, how far up does Amari Cooper jump in your projections? He's somewhere between thirteen and twenty. I don't know if I could put Amari Cooper wide receiver one territory, but I can definitely put him into that like mid to high wide receiver two range. 
Yeah, I think he'll be below. I'm trying to think because I have T. Higgins and Mike Williams as my wide receivers 11 and 12. And I think he would fall in shortly after that. Uh, I would have Amari Cooper close to, um, like you said, that 13 to 20 range. He would be somewhere in there. He wouldn't be lower than 20, but I don't think I could push him higher than a Mike Willard or T. Higgins this year. So I 100% agree with that. Jacoby Brissett, any fantasy value this year? Uh, I mean, we we I already asked the Deshaun Watson question: How many games is he projected to miss? And and we both agree he's going to miss the entire season. I think Cameron hasn't projected um, to miss not quite as many games, but you and I have him missing the entire season. But so Jacoby Brissett, any fantasy value this year? No, zero. Correct, zero. Correct. Cool. Uh, Want to give an honorable mention shout out David and Joku? Sneaky tight end sleeper this year. Might find his way back into the top 10 tight ends. I believe he did back in 20... It was 2018 or 2019. is was one of those two years. I can't remember which. He finished as a tight end nine that season, though. So, uh, David Njoku has been there before. Sneaky guy. Uh, but if Jacoby Brissett plays, don't bank on it. Anything you want to add on David Njoku? I know you love talking tight ends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's Got a good him. one. <laughs> And Joku is my tight end 26 with Brissett. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. Baltimore Ravens uh, are the next team we'll break down from the AFC North here. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Let's just start with Action Jackson himself. Does anybody call Lamar Jackson that? I feel like that's like a totally missed opportunity on a nickname for Lamar Jackson. That I love nobody it. I uses. Think, I think we need to make that a trademark nickname that we only get to use and if anyone yeah. else dare uses it you pay a royalty royalty to the fell there we go action jackson he's my quarterback five quarterback four for both you and cameron nobody's debating lamar's a top whether lamar's a top five quarterback or not right the the, the debate is nfl quarterback fantasy wise we all know he's top five he's top five fantasy wise only reason he's at at five for me because I have Jalen Hurts statted higher than him, but that's a different conversation. That's an NFC East conversation. We don't need to have a Jalen Hurts conversation right now. A Jalen Hurts conversation right now. Not, not now. <laughs> not now. That, that'll come a few weeks from now. Um, we good to move on, though. Like, Is anybody really like concerned about Lamar Jackson not being a top-five fantasy quarterback? I saw a stat what was the other day. I don't think he's hit 3,000 passing yards in a season yet. Ooh. Which really is, that which shocks is, me. Which I'm is slight, yeah. Which is slightly concerning if that's true. Um, but you can't. I mean, if you're gonna be all, I shouldn't say all in. But if you if you see the value in Jalen Hurts being a rushing quarterback, then you have to be in on Lamar Jackson because he is 100%. the exact same. <laughs> Lamar Jackson has hit 3,000 passing yards in a season once. Uh, his rookie season threw for 1,200 yards, but he only played, um, you know, he only started, uh, how many games did he start? Doesn't tell me. What the he site I'm looking he at, didn't start a full season. Didn't start a full season. First full season as a starter, 3,100 passing yards. So he that was just the only time. barely made it. Yep, and that was in 15 games. 15 games in 2020. Uh, 2,700 passing yards, 27.57. Then last season, 2,882 in 12 games. So only once he's hit 
passing yards in the season. I, I agree. If you're in on Jalen Hurts, you got to be in on Lamar. If you're Jalen Hurts, that's kind of my motto. Or not my motto. That's kind of by this year. Uh, I don't think you can slander we, Jalen Hurts without slandering Jim, Lamar Jackson. Then. We keep the same energy on the Felix podcast. I will keep the same energy when we do the NFC East breakdown. And I will, oh man, I'm going to steal Hot Take Ty's segment that week. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I really don't feel like Jalen Hurts inside of my top five quarterbacks is that hot of a take. Um, <laughs> uh, Mark Andrews, number one pass catcher in this offense. Cameron and I have him as our tight end two. Tyler, you got him as your tight end one. He's a top three tight end. He ain't three. He, he He's one or two. Uh, it's as simple as that. I You can have him or Kelsey at tight end one. I'm not going to bat an eye, but what makes him your tight end one specifically? I just find him more downfield than Travis Kelsey. Like, That's fair. In, in, That's totally just fair. A, in just a gameplay, just what I've seen. Yeah. I just see Mark Andrews much more downfield than I see Travis Kelsey. They both get serious, serious volume for tight ends. Yep. One is just way more downfield than the other. Yeah, that's fair. Wasn't uh, Mark Andrews just not average at the target yards per reception last year? Wasn't it like it was something crazy? It was like almost 13 yards, which is like unheard of for a tight end. Wasn't it? It was up there. It was up there. Now I need, now I need to look that up. At any rate, though, you know Kelsey and Andrews – are going to get volume this year. Uh, I have both of them seen north of 150 targets with uh, Marquise Brown now gone in Baltimore. I think some of those targets could easily fall to Mark Andrews. And Mark Andrews saw 150 targets last year. So, like, is it he saw 153 last year, 12.7 yards per uh, reception last year, which is pretty good for a tight end receiver numbers. So, uh, look. It's not otherworldly to think Mark Andrews sees 160 receptions, or not receptions, 160 targets, excuse me, this year. Um, is that kind of the big differentiation for you between the two? Is it is it volume? And you said you said downfield, but, like, is there any difference in rankings between I have them both statted out for, like, 154, 155 targets? So I've got Andrews for 108 on 164. You do have him for 160. But I've got Kelsey at 111 receptions on 154 targets. Got it. Got it. So you do have a little bit of a target differentiation, but nothing that's like obscure or otherworldly. That's like, what in the world are you doing giving Mark Andrews 180 targets this year? <laughs> right, 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 right. They're within reason. and They're they're close to each other. Right. 100%. 100%. I think we can move on. Um, I have very little disagreements with, with anything you just said. Let's move on to uh, the the player of uh, Tyler's hot take today, Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman. Here's what I need to preface this with. I wish Cameron could be here to have experienced your hot take. I wish he could be here to talk about Rashad Bateman in, in its fullness. Because Cameron, you, you say Rashad Bateman's a top 25 wide receiver. I guarantee you Cameron would have pushed you to say a top 20 wide receiver this year because Rashad Bateman is Cameron's wide receiver 18 this year. He's a top 20 wide receiver for Cameron. That is a little more comfortable, a little more or a little bit out of my comfort zone. I'm not quite willing to go that. I have Bateman at wide receiver 24. I admittedly think I'm a little bit optimistic. I think I'm plenty optimistic on Bateman this year, maybe a little bit more than I should be. 
136 targets, nothing special, seven touchdowns, 960 yards, like just kind of volumes his way to a top 25 finish. So uh, give me a little bit more on why you think Bama can finish top 25. That was your hot take. Give you a little bit more time to uh, explain your reasoning here. Yeah, it's really just being a volume play. That's really about it. I don't really think there's going to be much uh, touchdowns to get if your name is not Mark Andrews because the ball is going to be rushed in by either Lamar or J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards every now and then. Yep. Um, So it's really just a volume play, and Bateman has potential to kind of be – how do I want to phrase it? He can be a vertical guy. That's where he excelled in in college, but he can also play it in the short. And I think Lamar really does kind of need, I mean, if Mark Andrews is going to be downfield, you got to have Bateman then near yep. the line of scrimmage and stuff. And you noticed Hollywood Brown's a dot even go down significantly second half of last season, right? They were using both of them downfield. And then they brought Hollywood's a dot way down a lot closer to the line of scrimmage. It went down like 40 something percent. It was insane. It went from like not 40 some. His average depth of target went from like 12.5 to like 8.7, I think is what it was, which was just absurd. Um, just absurd. So, yeah, I think, uh, but but you saw Hollywood get 145 targets last year. When 140 off your team, someone's got to take those, and it's probably not going to be J.K. Dobbins because he's not this pass-catching extraordinaire like, you know, like a lot of other ranks, right? So those targets have to go somewhere. I'm banking at least 125 go to Rashad Bateman haven't projected yeah. for more than that yeah i wonder i mean it's worth a conversation about like who else is on the roster at this moment and the next guy right. up is devin duvernay he's a bit of a late round wide receiver if you're gonna actually like take him in the draft would not be surprised if they add a veteran guy it's been floated around that they want to bring in julio jones we'll see how that all you know pans out over the next month or so but i don't even think i mean I still, I even if they bring in Julio Jones, I still don't think that really like affects Bateman a ton. It would affect his target share. I would probably bring him down close, twenty hundred fifteen targets, and bring Julio up to that you know hundred and hundred ish range as well. I still think Bateman would probably be a lead guy there though, but we still have to see somebody sign Julio Jones. I don't know if that's a guarantee anybody actually signs him, which is crazy to say. But uh, let's uh, let's keep it moving here. Uh, let's wrap the Ravens up with a guy we just talked about, J.K. Dobbins. Running back 18 across the board for all of us. Uh, there's not much differentiation. We all agree Dobbins is a top 20 guy, not quite a top 15 guy. And it's mostly because this Ravens team is just a running back by committee, uh, including Lamar Jackson, right? You're going to have Mike Davis is going to get some touches this year. J.K. Dobbins is probably going to be the running back with the most touches. Oh, that's, that's a lie. He will be the running back with the most touches. And Lamar's going to get his. Lamar's going to get his 100, 125 plus rushing attempts, right? So, like, Dobbins will be efficient with his touches. I have 220 attempts for him, 1,100 yards. We're going, we're talking over five yards of carry uh, and 12 touchdowns. Still finds his way to running back 18. They just don't get the receiving work. This is like Nick Chubb, right? The rushing attempts, the efficiency, it's all there. But if you can't get receiving work in fantasy football when you're playing in PPR leagues your value is going to be capped you're going to stay down I love J.K. Dobbins I, I love him as a talent I love him as a player 
just not the right system to produce major, major, major fantasy points. Yeah, I I did kind of, I shouldn't say bulk up the receiving projections that I have for him, but I really, I, I feel like Baltimore has to utilize Dobbins in some way in the passing game this year. They, like, because that offense is going to be so bland to play against. Yeah. You're either going, I mean, Yes, it's very tough to play the read options and the the QB draws and all that stuff. That's very tough to play against. Yep. But from a defensive perspective and game planning, if you only need to prepare for, you know, counters, QB draws, and then, uh, you know, a ball to Mark Andrews, you know, every now and then, like, that's a very simplified game plan for defenses to really kind of play against. Yeah. So maybe maybe it's more wishful thinking that I get that I'm giving Dobbins the receiving stats that I'm giving him, but I th- it's really tough. It's going to be tough for Dobbins in my mind to really really be super productive in the situation that he's in with the offense that he's a part of. I'm just expecting efficient touches. He's been efficient. He was efficient his rookie season over five yards a carry. I believe he was six yards a carry even. Um, something absurd. So. He, Dobbins will be efficient. He's not going to get the major volume, though, which is what we all would love for J.K. Dobbins to have. We would all love for J.K. Dobbins to have 250-plus touches. That elevate him to top 10 status, probably. Uh, maybe not top 10. It'd probably be that Nick Chubb range of 10 to 15. But still, it, w- it would help out J.K. Dobbins. I just don't think that's going to happen. We, we just aren't going to see that this year, if ever, in that Baltimore Ravens system. So, um Honorable mention here, J.K. or not J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. Um, just a name to keep an eye on in drafts. Just a name to keep an eye on. Um, might be a uh, piece worth rostering, uh, especially if you're J.K. Dobbins manager. Something happens, you're probably on Gus. So let's wrap up with the Steelers, though. Man, we are flying through these division breakdowns. I like this so much better that we're just able to cruise through a whole division Keep the analysis short and sweet. We don't have to have a bunch of back and forth banter. Everybody take a player, give their thought, right? Like, let's just fly through. We're getting all the points that we need to. This is great. I'm loving this. So I love it. Let's start with Deontay Johnson, arguably uh, one of the most discussed Pittsburgh Steelers this offseason. Look, uh, I have him as my wide receiver 21. Cameron's even lower than me. I thought I was low on Deontay Johnson. Cameron has him as a wide receiver 26. But Tyler, you still got him as a top 15 play as your wide receiver 14. What makes you so optimistic on Deontay still? The trendy kind of point that a lot of other fantasy football creators have been using lately is that targets are earned. Mm-hmm. And I've been I've looked at some of the arguments and like I understand it, but I don't really like buy into it as my complete argument. But what I do buy into is that Deontay Johnson is the prototypical slot wide receiver that you want in your offense. And for a guy like Mitch Trubisky and a guy like Kenny Pickett, who I have actually splitting time this year, with Trubisky playing the first eight games, they get to the bye week, and then Kenny Pickett takes over. It's going to be, I mean, they're, they they will be looking for Deontay Johnson just because he he's one of the most efficient route runners from the slot in the game. That's just that's just how it is. He yeah. may not score a ton, and I think that's what can ultimately hurt him in fantasy. But he's a volume guy. 
And I think we're starting to see it. We've seen a trend over the past couple of years that the slot wide receivers get a ton of volume and are great PPR wide receivers to have on your team. We saw it with Jayla Waddle last year. That's probably not going to happen this year just because with Tyreek Hill now in town. But like right. pure slot wide receivers like Deontay Johnson, like Jalen Waddle last year, they are finding production in fantasy football. Yeah, I think, and we've seen if Mitch Trubisky holds on to this job for a good chunk of the year, we've seen him hyper-target wide receivers with Allen Robinson. Um, I don't even think I have Deontay that low on targets. I want to say I still have Deontay at like 146 targets. I think it's just that production. I just don't, like with Mitch throwing him the ball, like I just don't, I just don't fully believe in it and there's other talented wide receivers on this roster george pickens and chase claypool you have pat fryermuth uh you got calvin austin you've got anthony miller who was a former teammate of mitch trubisky now there i feel like there's more viable weapons for him to spread the ball around too but i 100 percent agree i think deontay could still you know see his 150 targets and still produce top 15 numbers I, that's not like a hot take that's not otherworldly i just i'm not bought into it i'm not fully bought into it yet but um, I don't disagree with anything you said. I think it holds a ton of merit. And I, like, if, if you draft Deontay that high, I won't bat an eye. I'm just not going to personally. Let's move on to Najee Harris. Running back six for me, running back six for you. Cameron's running back five. And the report came out, discussed it a little bit on the podcast, that Najee may not be on the field as much this year. But look, when he is on the field, the ball is going to be in his hands, okay? He, he's going to get his touches. Just because he's not going to be on the field for over 900 snaps this year does not mean Najee's uh, production and Najee's volume is going to go down. just means he's not going to be on the field as much. We're not going to be throwing him into the defenders as much. Just trying to save Najee's body a little bit here. So, borderline top five. I feel like running back six feels really appropriate. Again, it's another one of those where Najee, again, he's at running back three. We just have a few guys that are projected ahead of him that we would probably take ahead of him anyways, right? Just brings him down a little. Running back six is that sweet spot. Um, anything you want to add on that? I mean, the man's receiving stats last year were otherworldly. Absurd. Yeah. I mean, it was 74 catches on 94 targets. That's not going to stay the same. That's I think I have him seeing down. like 64, 65 this year. I've got him for 65 targets. Like, yeah. And guess what? That's still a very, very respectable and top-end receiving number for a running back. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. I, Najee is still going to be involved. He's still going to be an extremely important piece in that offense. Mike Tomlin is going to want to use him. He's just not going to be on the field for 900-plus snaps this year, which is a good thing for Najee Harris in the future for fantasy football for him too. So let's wrap up uh, the Steelers here. Um, that we'll maybe spend a little bit of time discussing. The rest of the guys we won't be discussing as much. But Pat Fryermuth, okay? Um, I thought I would be higher on Pat Fryermuth. Uh, I missed my tight end 15. Cam has him as his tight end 18, but you still have him as a top how, uh, top 12 excuse me tight end so you're the op- most optimistic um why why are you still optimistic on Muth? mitch hasn't been like spectacular with tight ends in the past but what makes you think Muth is still a top 12 tight end this year he's he is one a just big great 
red zone target for any quarterback. Yep. yep. And, and and I know that we've only seen one year of Fryermuth, so we can't really like, you know, comfortably and wholeheartedly say like he's a super great red zone target. But like it was clearly part of his role was to be a red zone guy. And I I'm fully aware that Fryermuth could be what a lot of people consider to be like a early season bust if Mitch Trubisky starts out at quarterback. But I think he really cashes in on value when Kenny Pickett takes over. Ooh, and Kenny Pickett, yeah, he's that safety blanket for Kenny Pickett. I 100% agree. Let's. I'm just going to use that as our launching pad into Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky, right? I don't think any of us have Trubisky finishing the year as the starter. Um, how many games do you have projected for each? Uh, I've got Trubisky for eight games and then uh, Pickett for the remi- uh, remaining nine games. You and I share exactly the same opinion, and I think Cameron has Pickett for nine and Mitch for eight. Or he's 8-9. The, the split is 8-9 for all three of us. Um, I 100% agree with you. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything to really discuss there. You're not looking at either of them for fantasy options this year. No, I I, I don't think I'd even look at Pickett for like dynasty stuff, honestly. like uh, he's, he, he was, he's a tough pick this year. I didn't really want to think about taking him. Um, Maybe next year we can talk about Pickett a little bit more. But as for this year, not looking at either of those two for options, even in two quarterback leagues. Uh, Got to shout out Chase Claypool. He's just too much of a wild card for all three of us. Uh, He's a top probably... three wide receiver in the league. What do you yeah, mean wild sorry. card? <laughs> yeah, sorry. We should probably spend more time talking about this top three talent that I just disgraced. Um, I don't know. None of us are none of us like Chase Claypool for a fantasy option. He's far too inconsistent with new quarterback. I don't even want to take a gamble. Deontay's the only piece I really want. Um, excuse me, Deontay and Najee are the only two pieces I really want out of this offense. I don't want to take a shot on Chase Claypool. I'd rather take a shot on George Pickens than I would Chase Claypool this year. How does that sound? Oh, Is that a hot take? That's a hot take. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm just going off of value and draft. Like, I don't want to take Claypool with where he's at. I'd rather, like, take up, like, my wide receiver five, just take a shot on George Pickens in the last round. I don't know. I, is that, like, Sam? Is that, like, is it really all that absurd? I don't I don't think it's, I, I, I don't think it's crazy to say it. It sounds crazy, but it, it I, it's really, crazy. Not, it's, it's really not that crazy. I mean, Claypool, if, if you are expecting Claypool to really produce as your flex this year, I'm sorry, but you're going to lose your league. Because yeah, that's just not going to happen. I would, and that's why I would rather take the shot on Pickens to just have have a second half of the year breakout, stash him on my bench for the first half of the season, bank on Mitch just being like, oh, you know what? You know, this George Pickens guy is pretty good. Uh, and just having him sling the ball to Pickens. Yeah, like, I don't think either of them are going to pan out as flex, flex options for you. But that's why, like, I'd rather build up depth at running back with where I'd be taking Chase Claypool and then take the shot on Pickens later. I, that's where that's where I'm at. So I don't know. You can disagree with that. The people can come at me with pitchforks and torches and head, but they're well, already I, doing it for Nick Chubb, anyways. So I want I want to see what kind of personnel Pittsburgh ran the most last year, though, because if it was sure. a lot of like two wide receiver sets, then it, the whole George Pickens take does sound a, a little on the crazier side. Then that's but fair. Like, that's fair. If there's opportunity, if I mean, if there's an opportunity for Pickens, you know. I 
don't hate it at yeah. all. Yeah. Well, that wraps out the AFC North uh, and us breaking down. Look at that. We got through four teams in an hour. Tyler, we are we're making progress. Do you remember uh, last year when we broke it down into two episodes an hour each? <laughs> Rookies. <laughs> Rookies. Don't know what we're doing. Been doing this podcast for a year now. We now know uh, how to how to cruise Ooh. through 16, yeah, 17 players in, uh, in, in, in 45, 50 minutes here. So, uh, and thoughts on the AFC North you want to give before we wrap up the podcast here? There's really, like, no one that you can't go wrong with, but you just got to find them in the right spots. Don't overdraft 100%. them. I mean, this goes this goes for really any player. Don't overdraft them. Don't yep. don't reach. But there are, there. I mean, there are players here that will be fine pieces to add. I mean, we just battered Chase Claypool, probably for no reason, but, like, he's a great wide receiver for to have on your team. Yep. There's nothing wrong yep. with that. No, there's nothing wrong with Claypool, I didn't mean to bash him like that, but like, I don't want to take the shot on Chase Claypool there. I'd rather take the right. shot on Chase Edmonds and then go get a um, George Pickens later in the draft. So, right, exactly. I, again, don't reach for any of these guys. A lot of these guys are probably going right where they should be, um, which which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. You're getting them at fair value, and there's that's where you want every player at in drafts. Well, you kind of roll. Well, your eyes I mean. Except for Joe Burrow, because he's going as well. Like, Joe Burrow, okay, like, and, 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 and. yeah. Joe Burrow got to bring down. Uh, Rashad Bateman got to bring up. I think those uh, are the two we those are the two we agree on. Uh, Burrow got to come down. Bateman's got to come up. So, well, that wraps out another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas Pod. Make sure to go purchase our draft guide for 2022. Ooh. It is five dollars. Do you remember Venmo, when you could get a app, foot? PayPal. You remember when you could get a footlong from Subway for five dollars? Yeah, that phony scam. This ain't a phony scam though. It was this like ain't. five dollars and here you want a meal? Here you want some extra topping? You wanted a steak and cheese five dollar footlong? Psych, that's seven ninety five still. No, this ain't a phony five dollar deal. You get two hundred projections on projections on two hundred players. Five dollars from all three of us. You are getting three different opinions on over 200 players for five dollars it is a no brainer that you should go pay five dollars help you win your league this year hitting hands gonna, down it's gonna help you win your league it's gonna help us get some more equipment for recording so we can move yeah. out of the low budget recording to mid-tier budgeting and recording you are you are literally supporting us you're not giving to you know like a big company and you don't know where your money is going, your $29 or draft. You don't know where it's going. It is coming right to us. <laughs> you are supporting us three fellows as creators, and we are so grateful for your support. So uh, $5 using any of the links in our social media bios, or just send us $5 on Venmo cash app, PayPal fantasy football fellows on Venmo FF fellows on both PayPal and cash app $5 in your email. So we can send you the guy. We want to make sure you win your leagues this year. Other socials, FF Fellas on Twitter, the FF Fellas on Instagram, Fantasy Football Fellas, Facebook, YouTube, and the good old TikTok. Um, yeah, we're, we're flying on TikTok. We're giving you some league-winning advice over there. Go drop us a follow over there. We got some exciting new content coming out there every single day. Just Tyler and I on the pod, two stooges being dudes. Uh, but I know Cameron is with us in spirit from afar. Fantasy Football Fellas, we'll see you all next episode. Deuces. Deuces.